Alhamdulillahi wa kafa Wa salamu ala ibadihi al-lazeen astafa amma ba'd Fa'udhu billahi min ash-shaytan al-rajim Bismillah ar-Rahman ar-Rahim Wal-lazeen ajahudu fina lanahdiyannuhum subulana Wa inna allaha lama'al muhsineen Subhana rabbika rabbil izzati amma yasifun Wa salamun ala al-mursaleen Walhamdulillahi rabbil alameen Allahumma salli ala sayyiduna Muhammad wa ala ali sayyiduna Muhammad wa barik wa sallim Allahumma salli ala sayyiduna Muhammad wa ala ali sayyiduna Muhammad wa barik wa sallim Of the 35 lessons in the salsala the first 5 lessons are called lataif khamsa first 5 parts of the rule so again remember that a part of your batin is called latifa. A part of your batin is called latifa. Plural of latifa is called lata'if. Lata'if. Tarmashayak, they looked in Quran and they found a few words. They found some words. Qalb, ru, sir. Then they found one word, wama akhfa. And from that they took out two things. Khafi and akhfa. And then obviously the word nafs is also in Qur'an. So these are different points where a person wants to make the zikr of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Then I was explaining to you that the first lesson, so that is now formally called Latifai Qalb. Qalb is on the left side of the chest. Now understand the location of your physical heart is closer towards the center of chest. Right? But the spiritual heart called Qalb is closer to the outer side of the chest. Closer to the outer side of the chest. First you will just understand this, you can say on the basis of trust. And then you will feel this on the basis of experience when you make the zikr muraqaba yourself. When you make zikr muraqaba yourself. Then we had mentioned to you that Allah Ta'ala uses the word in Quran called Sadr. Sadr means a person's breast. Alam nashralaka sadrak Man yashrah sadrahu lil islami Fahuwa ala nurim min rabbihi That whomsoever Allah Ta'ala Expands their chest Breast for deen of Islam So they are on a nur A nur from their rab So from that our mashayik were guided That all of these spiritual aspects Of our batin That Allah Ta'ala has mentioned in Quran They will be located in our breast in our torso, in our chest, in our sadr. So the physical heart is there, the lungs are there, kidney is there, organs are there. So this is also the center of life. Just like that is the center of spirituality. Sometimes you may encounter a person who comes up with a strange question. Though I call it a backward question. Huh? Backward question. So what is the question? That, oh, you're saying that these things are inside the chest, the kalb is in there, ru and sir and khafi. But the Hindus also have chakras, and the Greek they had this, and somebody had that. So I call it a backward question. What does it mean? Yes, it's quite possible. And many ulama actually are of the opinion that a lot of the false religions that exist in the world, historically, originally, there were some true religion. For example, we know that Allah Ta'ala sent Anbiya to every community. Allah Ta'ala says, we have sent a warner to every single community. 
Now in the Quran we know those prophets that Allah Ta'ala has mentioned, Alayhim As-Salam Ajmain, and those are normally the ones in what today you call the Middle East. There's no mention in the Quran of who were the warners and prophets sent to China, or sent to India, or sent to Aztecs, or sent to Mayan civilization, or sent to the Americas. But we know for sure Allah Ta'ala said that to every community of insan, indeed a warner was sent. So it means that at some point, Allah Ta'ala would definitely have sent a prophet, or maybe prophets, maybe multiple prophets, like the Banishwil, thousands of Anbiya, maybe multiple prophets to the people of India. And at some point, they corrupted those teachings. And then those teachings got very corrupted. But when you corrupt something, maybe it was corrupted 50%, maybe it's corrupted 70%, Maybe it's corrupted 80%, but there may be some elements of truth still there. For example, Hindus believe in the concept of a ruh. Now they're not going to call it ruh necessarily, but they also believe that there's more to a human being than just their physical self, and there's some spiritual self inside. To that extent they are correct. Of course what they believe about the ruh and reincarnation of the soul and all of that isn't correct. But this concept itself that a human has a soul, that must have come to them through whatever was the original revealed religion and the original prophet or prophets, alayhim islam ajma'in, that were sent to that area. So it's quite possible that one of those early prophets explained to them the same concept, that you have a qalb and you have a nafs and these things are all situated in your body. And that may be what later got twisted and they call it chakra. So that's why I call it backward question. You should not be surprised if you find something, Right? Uh, for example, that's like me saying if somebody says that, oh, in Islam, I believe there's a ruh. I say, oh, you no, no, you're saying that because you're from India and because Hindus believe in a soul. He say, no, <laughs> this isn't Quran, right? This is Deen of Islam. The fact that a Hindu believes it also doesn't mean it's wrong. So this is a backward question that people say, but Hindus also have this concept. Or Hindus also have the concept of so be it. They do sajda, I've seen with my own eyes, Buddhists in Thailand, doing exactly the exact same type of sajda we do. Exact, same type of sajda, same points on the ground, same way to statues of Buddha. Of now what are you going to say? That sajda is wrong because the Buddhists also do it? Hmm? So this, never be fooled by someone who tries to bring this up to you, that the Hindus do it, the Buddhists do it. And yes, there were Hindu gurus and yogis who worked they fasted also. They did long fast because they also understood this. This also must have been something that trickled down from their true original religion. That fasting disciplines yourself. So they have all types of fasts. And they do all fasts and they say, and they'll tell you that our spirituality goes up when we fast. And they're correct. Imam Rabbeinath explained this in a beautiful way. That one thing is to wash a mirror with water and one is to wash a mirror with urine. So what the Hindus do, he say, that they are also trying to work on their spirituality. But because it's not pure, it's not according to Tawheed, it's mixed with shirk, so it's like washing the mirror with urine. It remains najis. In the mulma shirkina, najisun. It means najis and impure. And deen of Islam, because the deen of Tawheed, it's like washing it with water, so it's pure. So that's why, despite all their efforts and fasting and meditations and spirituality and whatever they want to give in the name, they still remain on shirk. They still remain on shirk. Urine is urine. Najasat is najasat. Alright? So these five lataif. First we want to explain to you. Kalb, Ruh, Sir, 
Khafi and Akfa. First we want you to remember their names in the order of the names. You can write the names. Kalm. So if you write in English Q-A-L-B don't write K. Ah, those in Arabic will understand. Kalm. <laughs> Q-A-L-B Ruh. R-U-H or in South African English R-O-O-H. Huh? Subhanallah. Sir. S-I-R-R. Khafi. K-H-A-F-I or in South African English K-H-A-F-E-E and Akhfa Akhfa A-K-H-F-A or add an A if you like A-K-H-F-A-A-A Kalb Ru Sir Khafi Akhfa Kalb Ru Sir Khafi Akhfa now you say along with me. Kalb, Ruh, Sir, Khafi, Akhfa. So these are five words mentioned in Quran. The Khafi and Akhfa, there's actually one word. Allah Ta'ala says in Quran, Hu ya'lamu sirra wa ma akhfa. So you see, Allah Ta'ala's ahkum al-hakimin. Even Mufassirin understood this. That there is no word that Allah Ta'ala says wastefully. Every word conveys meaning. So when Allah Ta'ala says, Huwa ya'lamu sir, He knows your sir, and wa, and ma akhfa, that which you keep hidden. So these are two separate things. It's a principle of Arabic grammar. Wa comes from mughayra. It means what is before is ghair, what is after is ghair, means the two things are differentiated, distinct. Huwa hi Allah, ya'lamu knows. Huwa ya'lamu sirra, He knows your sir, wa ma akhfa, and what you keep hidden. He knows what you harbor secretly and that which you keep hidden. So Mashai said, okay, we better make sure then that there's nothing impure, that we don't harbor anything impure secretly, and there must be nothing impure that's hidden. So therefore we must do tazkiyah. We must do tazkiyah of this sir. We must do tazkiyah of this khafi. So how will we do that? Same method, zikr of Allah's name. Just like the jurists, they make qiyas. So when they find something mentioned in the Qur'an and Sunnah, then they find a similar case. You can actually say they find an identical case or extremely similar case. Then they apply the ruling in the textual case to the similar case. So kalb mentioned in Qur'an. Allah bi dhikrillahi tatma'inul kulub. You must make zikr with the kalb. وَلَا man agfalna qalbahu and zikrina. Kalb and zikr are united. So then they did kiyas and said, okay, if the kalm does zikr, and these other things are also part of our batin, so wadhkur rabbaka fi nafsik, Allah tells us in Quran that make zikr of your rabb fi nafsik inside yourself. So what is inside myself? Allah tells mentioned these things in Quran that are inside me, kalb, ru, sir, khafi, akfa. So okay, do I'll make zikr on them. Now then a question arises, this is another backward question. Backward question. Hmm? That the Sahaba didn't do this. So forward answer, we ourselves are the first to tell you the Sahaba didn't do it. So you didn't catch me on anything. <laughs> we never ever made this claim. There is no claim anywhere in any work of our Mashaikh that the Sahaba did this. So the long answer to this I don't know if Brother Hafiz Nazir will ever make this available to you or not, but we have this 
whole workshop called Bida and Sunnah in the Islamic tradition. If you listen to that, in, we've given a detailed about four or five hour answer to this question, but the Sahaba didn't do this. So that's a four or five hour answer to that question. So we, obviously we can't spend all of Layl together answering that question to you if tonight is that night. It's a short answer to that question. Is there a lot of things the Sahaba didn't do that you do? You may be surprised. Let's start with number one, Tajweed. So the way you learn Tajweed, the Sahaba didn't do it. So next time the Qari tells you that you should go sit in the corner and say, Kaf, Qaf, you say, did any Sahaba do this? Hmm? When he says, this is Nurani Qaida, Alif Zabra, Ba Zabra, Aba, hmm? did any Sahaba ever learn like this? Hmm? So then what will you do? Okay, look at Tafsir. The ulama of Tafsir and their works of Tafsir, let's take the big ones. Tafsir of Tabri, Tafsir of Ar-Razi. Right? So what's in there? Is it only Hadith? No. If you collect all the Hadith, like Kitab al-Tafsir of Bukhari has a few pages. If you collect from all the collections of Hadith, all the works of Hadith, the Hadith that can be considered Tafsir, maybe you would get, I don't know, 30, 40, 50 pages. And here you have 20 volume Tafsir. So there's something other than Hadith in there. Okay, is it just Hadith plus what the Sahaba said was the meaning of the verse? No. If you look at statements of Sahaba about meanings of verses, that may get you another 1500 pages. At most you could combine the two to get one volume. And this is a 20 volume tafsir. Hmm? So one volume text of Quran, one volume Hadith and statements of Sahaba, two is done. What's in the other 18? <laughs> What's in the other 18? So in the other 18 is the Kalam of the Mufassir, is the explanation of that scholar. And, sometimes, and many times he will actually say, explain it in a way that the Sahaba never explained it in that way. The Sahaba never explained it in that way. So if you want to take this attitude, you have to tur- throw out Tajweed and you have to throw out Tafsir. Then you hear a hadith that the Prophet said this sentence. Now for us, when we hear that, the Prophet said this sentence, it's a claim that is being made. So for us now we have to analyze who is making that claim. And then you will find some muhaddithin, for example, that give hadith a grading of hasan. So what does it mean? Hasan means that we cannot say with absolute certainty. It's not 100% guaranteed that Sayyidina Rasulullah said it. It's about 85-90% guaranteed. So I said, did the Sahaba practice those things that they only knew 80% the Prophet said? No. The Sahaba for them everything was 100%. So if you say, okay, I want to be like the Sahaba. You say, okay, then you can only follow hadith mutawatir. <laughs> Then 90% of hadith, you have to take it out of the sunnah if you want to take that attitude. So your tajweed is gone, your tafsir is gone, your hadith is gone. If you do that, then you can come ask me about the sabuf. <laughs> if you're willing to do that there, then you can come and talk to me about, oh, we're going to take this zikr out because the sahaba didn't do it. First take your method of tajweed, your methods of tafsir, and your methods of hadith, and your methods of fiqh out, then you can talk to me about methods of zikr. Alright? Still the question remains, but still, why didn't the Sahaba do it? They should have done Muraqabah, they should have made zikr from their Kalb and Ru and Sir. So now understand another answer, which is the more strong answer, is that this method of zikr is done for an objective. It's not a goal in of itself. It's a means. It's a means to get tazkiyah 
Sahaba had no need of this means because they had another means of tazkiyah which is called sobat of Sayyidina Rasulullah Wasallam. So they had no need for this. Hmm? Like they had no need for muhaddisin to teach them hadith. They had Nabi Kareem sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. They had no need to go to Darululum. <laughs> they had Nabi Kareem sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. So they didn't need so many methods. So just like that in zikr, they did not need this method of zikr. Why? Because what do you get from this method of zikr? Your sir, your khafi, your ru, they get purified. Their sir, their khafi, their ru got purified by being in the company of Nabi Kareem sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. So you can understand this. Our Mashaikh give another example from fiqh, from sharia. So if there's a piece of land, earth, soil, that gets some impurity in it, so there are two ways that it could be pured. One is that you have to wash and scrub and clean, right? And the second way is that if the sun comes out and the heat of that sunlight falls on that land, the heat of that sunlight is enough to purify that land provided the heat of those sun rays remove all traces, odor, smell, color, etc. of that najasa. So they say that the suhbah of the Prophet ﷺ was like the sun. So sahaba, they came, they accepted Islam, and they got the sunlight from the heart of Nabi Kareem ﷺ's heart. And the sunlight, the nur of his nabuwa, radiated and purified them. So they went that method. Now we don't have access to that. We don't have the sunlight of Nabi Kareem sallallahu alayhi wa sallam because we're not sahaba, right? So therefore what do we have to do? We have to do that scrubbing. We have to do that cleansing. So that scrubbing and cleansing, that is called muraqabah. That is called the zikr of Allah Ta'ala's name. So by making zikr of Allah Ta'ala's name, we can purify these different parts of our button. Purify our different parts of our button. Then somebody, so those of you who are a bit more advanced, you may ask this question, that how come the other mashayikh don't make this? In Chisti Silsila they don't do this. Yes, because they have yet another method. They've taken another method. So there are multiple methods. Their method to get purification is what? It's called Mukhalafatun Nafs. Mukhalafatun Nafs. So imagine what they do is they beat down the nafs. They beat down the nafs. So they eat less, sleep less, talk less, interact less. Then the second method they do is they do a lot of zikr with the tongue and they do it loud with zarb. Some of them, they are also Chishtim Mashaikh who do silent zikr of the tongue, but more predominantly in South Africa, they do loud zikr of the tongue, so they're like beating. You've never seen the dovi, but he takes the clothing, goes like this on the shoulder. He's beating the stains out. Tuck, 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 tuck. So this method of zikr is called zarb lagana, zarb. So that means to be hmm? So they're using zarb. They're trying to beat the impurities out through making loud, dynamic, forceful zikr. So that's a different method. So if a person makes that method, they don't, they don't have to make this method. So they're different methods. That method also you cannot find established by Sahaba. So Sahaba had their method that was unique to them, company of Nabi Kareem sallallahu alayhi wasallam. Then without that method. Allah Ta'ala opened up for different awliya, mashayikh, different methods of zikr to get at the same goal. So here in our Naqshimani Mujaddidi Silsala, the first five lessons are of silent zikr of Allah Ta'ala's name. But you will make intention of different places doing that zikr. First is qalb, second is ruh, third is sir, 
Fourth is Khafi, fifth is Akfa. Kalb, Ru, Sir, Khafi, Akfa. Now what happens when a person does these five lessons? First of all, also know this is, this, this is now where the Shaykh comes in. It's the Shaykh who tells you the next lesson to do. And I'm not telling you that right now. <laughs> I'm just describing it to you. Because one of you came to me last night and you started the second lesson on your own. I was describing it. I'm not assigning it. Right now I'm describing it. I'm not assigning it. Hmm? So what happens when you make zikr? When you make zikr of Allah Ta'ala's name, that part of your batin gets purified. What does it mean that part gets purified? It means that whatever sin could potentially have been in that part, it gets purified by making the zikr of Allah Ta'ala. So for example, the feeling of lust, the feeling of lust, shahwa, lust for ghair mehram, physical lust, right? That comes from the kalb, that comes from the person's heart. So the more and more you make zikr of Allah Ta'ala's name in your kalb, then the unlawful lust will start getting purified. It will go away, it will be removed. Stain removing. Sayyidina Rasulullah some said an authentic hadith that for everything there's a purifying polish and the purifying polish of the heart, qalb, spiritual heart, is the zikr of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Now then a person has to see. So like in any stain, how bad is the stain? If it's a very light stain, then you will be able to apply a little detergent, a little rubbing, and you'll be done. And if it's a very, very deep stain, and that stain has been there for years, and nobody has ever tried to remove it, oh, then it's going to take a long process of scrubbing. So some people, they have that. They have spent years in lust, years indulging in gaze, years sometimes even indulging in unlawful relations, sometimes multiple unlawful relations. So that stain is very deep. So then a person has to make a lot of effort. Who knows how many times they will have to make the intention of their heart taking Allah Ta'ala's name for that lust to be finally purified. Maybe it's a hundred thousand times they will have to take Allah's name from their heart. Maybe it's a million times they will have to take Allah Ta'ala's name from their heart. Depends on how bad the stain is. But here our job is simply to up start washing. That's it. You don't worry. So I gave you that example the other day of gold digging. So your job is just to dig. Your job is to scrub. Start scrubbing. Start scrubbing. Then our Mashaik explained that what is the sin that resides in the ruh that is called anger. Anger, irritability, irascibility, reaction, overreacting, hot-tempered, etc. All of these are sin, is, is the same family of sin. And that takes place in a person's ruh. So then what will a person have to do? They will have to start scrubbing. How is the scrubbing done? By making zikr of Allah's name. By making near that the ruh is making zikr, Allah, Allah, Allah. Now what you will find is that Allah Ta'ala has blessed every person with some good attributes. And Allah Ta'ala has tested everybody with some bad attributes. For example, there may be a person who suffers a lot from the sin of lust. But it's not an angry person. doesn't get angry. doesn't really get upset with people. Very rare does he flare up. Right? In fact, people will say, oh, he's such a soft person. Even if you try to irritate him, he doesn't get irritated. Right? So that means the less stain in his ru, more stain in his kalb. Right? 
Then there's another type of person who can get very angry. Hmm? You just light a match. They're highly flammable. <laughs> and danger, highly flammable. You light a match even remotely near them, they can explode. So they're reacting, overreacting, being angry, snapping at people, irritable, always distressed, always in a state of worry. Sometimes you sit with them and you also get a little bit... Huh? You have to tell them that calm. People talk like each other. Calm down, you're stressing me out. People talk like that. Allah Akbar. Huh? Can you imagine the state of that person's roux? It's in so much stress that another roux comes near it. This is proof of sohba. Why do you talk like that? You don't believe in sohba. You believe that the sohba of a stressful person can stress you out. You don't believe the sohba of a lover of Allah Ta'ala can put love in your heart. You believe in every other type of sohba. Hmm? Oh, when I'm near her, something happens to me. Huh? You believe in that soba? Huh? Oh. So then, why doesn't something happen when you're near the lovers of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala? Hmm? So this sohba is real. This effect is real. Hmm? So here, the type of sin that lies in the second one, ruh, is the sin of anger. The sinful anger. Hmm? Now what happens when these two things are purified? It doesn't mean you feel no lust anymore. No. Only the pure lust remains. What does pure mean? That lust which is within the boundaries of Sharia. That lust which is allowed by Allah Ta'ala or that feeling of desire that was placed by Allah Ta'ala. That remains, right? And that pureness will... will. I'll just give you an ishara. Why do you think there are hurs in Jannah? Hmm? If this was a totally impure thing, we are going to be pure in Jannah. So if lust itself was impure, there would be no concept of a hur in Jannah because there's no impure feelings in Jannah. So there's a pure way to have this feeling. So how do you get rid of the impure and keep only the pure? That is called the zikr of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Same thing with anger. Now normally in English the anger word is only negative. We're talking about your ability to get upset about something. So the positive thing, this is called ghayrah. Nabi Kareem sallallahu alayhi wa sallam said, Ajib, Ana aghyur nas Wallahu aghyur minni. Allahu Akbar. That I have ghayra, I have the most ghayra. So ghayra means your dignity, your self-respect. If you didn't have this power, you wouldn't be able to do jihad. If you didn't have this power, you wouldn't be able to defend your family, to defend your dignity. So this is also a certain faculty, ability Allah has given a person. And that's pure. That's pure. That strength, that capability. Hmm? So when you rid yourself of the impure, then the pure comes out. Hmm? So why is it that very few people feel inclination to be mujahideen in this world? Because they've lost that pure faculty. Because they're so getting unlawful anger. Unlawfully angry with wife. Unlawfully snapping. Unlawfully this. So they lose that pure faculty. Sir. What resides in a person's sir? So I gave you that example yesterday. That's materialistic greed. Love for the dunya. Love for the dunya. Hmm? Love for the dunya. So what happens? That uh, You can call it hirs. Sometimes it's called in Arabic hirs. So there's a good hirs and there's a bad hirs. So to be greedy for akhirah. Greedy for amal, greedy for sunnah, that's a good greed. But a person says, I don't feel that, I don't know why. I know I should be like that. I should be greedy and want to make more amal, desirous. Hirs means deeply desirous. I should have that. 
but I don't. But the reason is why? Because you have too much impure hirs in you. You have hirs for dunya, greed for dunya. You want more in dunya. That's why you're unable to want more in deen. But when you make the zikr of the name of Allah Ta'ala on your sir, then it purifies the sir. It takes out this wanting more and more and more of dunya. Then it opens yourself up and you will start wanting more of deen. This is called tazkiyah. This is called tazkiyah. Then khafi. Khafi is the place where a person has the unlawful envy, jealousy, and also what we call bukhul. Mal bughs, ghil. Ghil means malice, in spite, in hatred, and rancor for other people. So basically, all types of hostile feelings for others, whether it's envy, jealousy, whether it's hatred, whether it's ill will, whether it's negative feeling, whether it's critical thinking, rancor, malice, all the way up to outright hatred, that resides in a person's khafi. So when they make tazkiyah by making the zikr of Allah's name, then these things go away. These things start going away. Then what comes up? The pure feelings for a person. The positive feelings for a person. So they get the akhlaq, hamida, the noble feelings of the Prophet But we're not able, many times people say, I don't know. I know, even they say fellow students, if they were fellow students of the same shaykh, we should have positive feelings for each other. But instead we're fighting over the front row and it took off. Allah Akbar. What happened there? Huh? He says, no, I know I shouldn't be like that. But what can I do? So why is this happening? Because your khafi is impure. So you have rivalry, you have jealousy, you have spite. Hmm? See, so this needs to be done. Taskiyah. You need to purify you're khafi in the name of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. I can't sacrifice for others. It should only be me in the first row all the time. Why is this? What, who does he think he is? Why is he trying to sneak up behind me? Hmm? What makes he think he's going to sit in the first row? I got here before him. Huh? Allah Akbar. Whereas Allah ta'ala says in Quran, what is the verse about ithar? That you're supposed to prefer others. Hmm? Allah dina yu'thiruna. Loud, slow. Ah, hmm? Do you understand? It means to prefer others. To prefer others even though you might be more needy. <laughs> that you might be more desirous. You might say, no, I was here earlier. So you were more needy, more desirous. But you say, okay, fine, he wants a chance, fine. I got this front row so many days. Why don't I give somebody else the chance? That's called deen. That's called deen. And then you put the two people together, then you have clash. <laughs> the one who doesn't do ithar and the one who has the rivalry. So you put them together, then you have clash. Flashpoint. Hmm? Then when you have flashpoint, then people will make big deal. Then they will say, oh, it's because of my race, or oh, because of my town. Or, oh, they will make it a huge thing. Hmm? It wasn't that. It was just lack of tazkiyah. That's all it is. <laughs> It's a simple, plain lack of tazkiyah. Hmm? And people will be worked up, hmm? excited, running to sheikh. Allah hmm? Akbar. Huh? So when a person does tazkiyah, if they're khafi, they're calm, cool, collected with other people. They have zarf. Now, the, the pure attribute is called zarf, hilm, tahammul. They can get along. Like we told you last year in Itikaf Bayan, 
that be humble like the earth. Don't you see every piece of the earth can get along with another piece of the earth? Yes, if I bring some soil from Lahore and bring it in Stenger, the earth is fine. Stenger says you can mix it with me, no problem. Yeah, no problem. It tolerates, 100% tolerance. This is the nature of soil and earth. So we were made from earth. We were made from teen. This was supposed to be one attribute in us that we can all get along with anyone. Anyone put another piece of soil, no problem. You can take a garden with one scoop of soil from Cape Town, one scoop of coal from Switzerland, one scoop of coal from Norway, one scoop of soil from New York and mix it together. The earth is fine, completely fine, no problem. You can mix it all together. Allah Akbar. So this is what happens when a person does tazki of their khafi. Then akhfa. What was the sinful feeling in their akhfa, which they keep most hidden? And that is their arrogance and their pride. Ujum kibur takambur. Their arrogance, their pride. So we explained to you last year also. Ujub means vanity and conceit. It's the first step. Ujub means you view yourself to be something. Kibur means, second step, arrogance. What does it mean? You view yourself to be something and you view yourself to be better than others. Hmm? That's kibber. Takabur, third step. Takabur, third step. You view yourself to be something and to be better than others and therefore you treat others as they're lowly inferior to you. Takabur. Ujub, kibber, takabur. All of this resides in the akhfa. All of this resides in the akhfa. So then a person has to do tazkiyah. So they do tazkiyah, they make zikr of Allah Ta'ala's name, they make more zikr of Allah's name, make more zikr of Allah's name. Hmm? And our chisti friends are just beating it all to death with their zarb. Huh? SubhanAllah. They make big zarb on all of it. Hmm? So when they go, illallah, they're actually doing zarb on the whole. And actually it's written in the books. They're actually making zarb across all their lataif. That's a different way. Hmm? Like you, I don't know, there was this game called Whack-A-Mole or Whack-A-Mole or something. Huh? That anytime it hits, bam, knock it down. Huh? Allah Akbar. Hmm? So either the same way. Either you knock it down or you pull it from under. So just think, just the silsila knocking down and Nakshabani silsila pulling it from under. That's it. <laughs> so result is the same. <laughs> result is the same. You'll be free of that sin. Hmm? Either you knock it out from you or you pull it out from under you. But <laughs> pulling out from under khafi, internal zikr, silent zikr, zikr is sirri, khafi. And knocking it down, zarb. La ilaha illallah, 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 Allah, 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 who, who, who. Oh, mashallah. Knocking it down. Hmm? Subhanallah. <laughs> this Allah Ta'ala blessed this ummah with two ways. And there are more ways also. There are more ways also. But in South Africa, mostly... People know these two ways. Hmm? Akbar. But look, the real lesson from this is look at the concern people had. <laughs> they wanted it out. I want it out. I have to beat it out. I have to drag it out. But I want it out. I want it out. I want this envy out. I want this lust out. I want this arrogance out. Hmm? Akbar. But this was their passion. This was their passion for Tazkiyah. Sahaba had this passion. Anything would happen, they would go to Nabi Kareem sallallahu alayhi wasallam. I'm feeling this, that meant I want it out. Then fasting in the day, praying at night, this was their shock, their deep desire and passion for their tazkiyah. 
So what happens when the fifth then, when it becomes purified, then what happens when you become free of ujub, free of kibber, free of takumbar, then you get the, some ulama have said this is the greatest sunnah character, the greatest sunnah part of character of Nabi Kareem sallallahu alayhi wa sallam is his humility. Why? Because now imagine, normally in this world, when a human being has some talent, it's hard to be humble. If you get number one position in Darulum, it's hard to be humble. And Sayyidina Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam is number one. Number one of all anbiya. Number one of all humanity. Number all of creation. Number one of all creation. And Allah told him, so despite being number one, being so humble, this is incredible. <laughs> this is an incredible humility of Nabi Kareem sallallahu alayhi wa So some of our mashayikh of Tasawwuf, they say, that this is his most noble character, from his, all, of his, all of his characteristics are noble. But the most incredible, phenomenally incredible one is his humility. Ashadawanna Muhammadan abduhu wa rasuluh. He said, first call me abd, then call me rasul. Allahu Akbar. He was riding in Fatih Makkah and he lowered, he was on a horse, but he lowered as much as he could and he started making dua, Alhamdulillahi wahda nasara abda. Hmm? It's not me that I'm coming back victoriously. It's not me, I'm not conqueror of Makkah Makarmah. Alhamdulillahi wahda. Look at Nabi Akrim sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. The perfect insan, the perfect Nabi, the perfect abd. So he was teaching us what do you do even in moments of triumph, even in moments of glory, even in moments of victory? Alhamdulillahi wahda. All praises to Allah, that one and only Allah. Nasara abda. And it's just he who helped his slave. This is how Nabiya Kareem Sassam, this is the humility. This is his maqam mahmood that he will humble himself before Allah Ta'ala, the way no creation has ever humbled himself for Allah Ta'ala. Then he will be told, Irfa rasak sal raise your head and ask and you will be granted. Allah Akbar. Hmm? So that this is the gold and that's why it's the fifth of the five. The golden crowning achievement is to get that sunnah character of Nabi Kareem Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. So now let's review and refresh. Five lataif. Number one is kalb. Number two is ruh. Number three is sir. Number four is khafi. Number five is akhfa. Number one, when you do tazkiyah, through the zikr of Allah's name of kalb, you can get rid of all the impure lust and you get the pure lust. Number two, latifai ruh. You do tazkiyah through the zikr of Allah's name. You get rid of all the unlawful anger, irritability. And then you get the pure strength, which is the shuja'a. Shuja'a and ghayra. The bravery and dignity and courage. Number three was sir. When you do tazkiyah of sir, and you purify it by making zikr of Allah's name, so you get pure from all of the greed. Greed for world. Greed for dunya more. And then what do you get? You get here's for deen, here's for akhirah, that I want more a'mal, I want to pray more tahajjud, I want to memorize more Quran, I want to be more close to Allah Ta'ala. And that will push you, just like the people 
who are crazy greedy for the world. They say the greed consumes them and it pushes them to chase the world. Just like that, a person who just does give their sir, now the greed for akhirah hears in a positive way. Like Allah Ta'ala uses about the Prophet in a positive way. So hears can be used positively that they're deeply desirous of Allah Ta'ala, deeply des- and that motivates them. It motivates them to rise at night without alarm, motivates them to stand long in prayer, motivates them. Fourth was khafi. When they do tazkiyah of their khafi, then what are they purified of? The envy, jealousy, rancor, malice, hatred, spite, all ill feelings towards other people. And if they do that, then what do they get? They get the pure hilm, tahammul, zarf. They get that pure accommodating, tolerating, mutually, peacefully coexisting. Hmm? And then in fifth, if they do tazkiyah of their akhfa, Fifth lesson was akfa, fifth latifa akfa. So if they do tazkiyah of their akfa, then the ujub kibur tukumbur, the pride, arrogance, belittling others, mistreating others, being superior to others, it goes away. And what do they get? They get the pure humility, sunnah humility, sunnah humbleness of Nabi Kareem sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Allah Akbar. What wonderful Allah Ta'ala. And look at these mashayikh, look at this beautiful method of tazkiyah. Look at this path of tazkiyah. Hmm? Even to get just one of these things, a lot of us would be happy. Huh? And then imagine that person now, to get this, you have to work hard. You have to work hard. Now you understand why we tell you to do hours of muraqabah. Because we wanted you to get the tazkiyah. It takes hours to get rid of that lust. And it will take months of doing it for hours. Then you get next lesson that it will take months of doing it for hours on ruh to get rid of the anger. Then you get next lesson. It will take months of doing it for hours to get rid of greed. Then you get next lesson. It will take months of doing it for hours daily to get rid of the envy. And then again you get next lesson. It will take months of doing it hours daily to get rid of the pride. And if a person doesn't do it for hours daily, if a person does it for just minutes daily, then it won't take months, it will take years. And if a person doesn't do minutes daily, does it few minutes once a month, or does it once a year and it take off, oh, then it will take him decades. Then it will take him decades. Now you see why we push you to do Muraqaba. Do hmm? for Tazkiyah. Do these five Lataif. So beyond that I won't be explaining to you this year. Five lataif, it's work, it's a plan. People say, no, give me a plan of action. Give me some plan of action to do. So may Allah Ta'ala reward these mashayikh, these awliyaullah, that they came up with plan of action through inspiration from Allah Ta'ala. And they set us on that course of action. Then they push us on that course of action. Then they teach us that course of action. Hmm? So you have to take it seriously. Otherwise, if you only do muraqaba, only in itikaf, and then you don't do it all year, then you'll still be stuck on first lesson. Hmm? Then, then understand. Sometimes next question, and then I'll, I'm going to end at one o'clock in Shannah. Next question is that how do I know? How do I know my progress? Hmm? Hmm? So strange. That person who was so careless about their downfall wants to be so aware of their progress. Hmm? First tell me, first track your descent into lust. 
before you want to tell me how to track your escape from it. Hmm? How come you didn't closely track your descent into these things in the first place? Hmm? Allahu Akbar. Do char a minute raqab a karkar. It means in English that they do few minutes of raqab and they want to know, am I ready? Am I ready for next lesson? Huh? Oh, subhanallah. Hmm? So first thing I will tell you, that the effect of muraqabah, listen to this carefully, and I said it to you yesterday, but I'm going to tell you again. You are not looking for the effects of muraqabah inside muraqabah. You are looking for the effect of muraqabah outside muraqabah. So don't write this, that, oh, I sit in muraqabah and I didn't feel anything, and I don't have any tingling, and I don't have any warmth, and... I don't have the trembling and the sighing. You're nowhere near that level yet. <laughs> that was the ibadah of the muttaqeen khashi'een. <laughs> that was the ibadah of those who had fear of Allah Ta'ala, the fearful ones. They get the trembling and they get the sighing and they get those things. We're b- b- way below that. We need to do tazkiyah to even get the fear. We're way below that. So what you're looking for, where will you track your results? You're going to track your result in your adherence and compliance to Sharia and Sunnah. So you feel nothing in a muraqabah, but you're able to control your gaze better, that's the results you were looking for. You feel nothing in muraqabah, but now you find yourself thinking about Allah Ta'ala every now and then in the day, that's the results you were looking for. You feel nothing during muraqabah, but when you pray salah, you're able to focus and concentrate more, you linger sometimes in ruku, you linger sometimes in sujood, that's the results you were looking for. You'd feel nothing in Muraqabah before when you came to masjid, you just wanted to leave. But now when you come, you feel like staying back. You make some dua, you recite some Quran, you feel sad upon leaving. That's the results you were looking for. You're making Muraqabah, you feel nothing. But now you find, yes, my temper has gotten a bit better. That's the results you're looking for. Hmm? These are the results you're looking for. So stop looking within the Muraqabah. Just do it. <laughs> just do it, just sit. Okay, then a person says, okay, fine, but I didn't see those other results either. I'm not changing at all. So do more. That's why you have to do more. You must do a lot. You must do kathir if you want to change. So then that's all. That's the only problem is, am I doing it wrong? No. Is the shaykh wrong? No. Is the susla wrong? No. What's wrong? You're doing it insufficiently. Insufficient amount. You're doing it qalil when you were supposed to do it kathir. That's the only thing that's wrong. That's it. If you change and move out from the qalil and start doing kathir, I guarantee you, it's a big thing for me to say, in Ramadan on a night like this, sitting in the masjid, big statement for me to say, I guarantee you, if you do zikr kathir, and you stay away from sin, believe me, you will change. You will change. It's necessary. It's not possible. Because it's Quran. <laughs> Is it possible that Allah Ta'ala said, Allah bidhikri Allah tatminu kulub, and you do the zikr, and you do it in abundance, and you stay away from sin, and you don't get that itminan? It's not possible. Quran is true. <laughs> it's the book of truth. It's necessary truths. It's inevitable, inescapable truths. Part of that inescapable truth is the word kathir. So actually it's not the word zikr. <laughs> you all know that. It's the word kathir that you have to work on. Udhkurullah zikran 
Kathira, Kathira, Kathira. So that's your choice. That's why people, now you understand why people would go to Chanukah. Why do you have to go to Chanukah if you have to make five minutes of zikr? No, they know I need training. I need to be trained how to do this thing for hours. Maybe I'm so soiled, I need to spend 40 days, day and night doing it. I need to spend 10 days at the Gav doing it. It depends how dirty a person is. Hmm? This is why they would go. It's not your whole life. You're not going to live 40 years in the Chanukah. Tukher, now that you've understood this, right? This is a very important method of Tazkiyah. So these five Lataif, you make the zikr of Allah Ta'ala's name. You make the zikr of Allah Ta'ala's name. And you keep making it, keep making it, keep making it. SubhanAllah. So that's wonderful. <laughs> this is actually, we should be happy. That Ya Allah, the way to rid myself of these sinful feelings is just to take your name. I should already be loving to take your name. I already love your name. It's no difficult, it's no effort for me. <laughs> this is the most beautiful thing you could ever tell me to do. That, and I must repeatedly take your name. I must do it for hours and hours, for weeks and months on end. Ya Rab, this is what you want from me. This is the best thing. This could be the best use of my time. Hmm? So you have to make the zikr. This is called Naqshabani Mujaddidi Tasawwuf. This is what it means. So that's why people give bayat to mashayikh. You don't need bayat to listen to a bayan. But yes, you need to be bayat to be trained in the zikr, to be guided along the path, to be told when to do the next lesson, to be guided when you have difficulty with the lessons. Hmm? So you try, you make effort. Inshallah you will see, you will see the results. We've seen people make this effort and see results. We have real data on this. Real experience. Hmm? And the same side we have real experience that people who got lazy and just did few minutes of zikr every few days, they didn't see the results. It's your choice now. I laid it out for you as openly, more openly than 99% people ever would. Because I wanted to give you that stark choice. It's up to you ultimately. It's your choice. Shaykh can only guide, he can explain, he can encourage. Ultimately, you have to make the effort. You have to make the effort. And always remember last thing, by making this effort in Tazkiyah, it will not come at the expense of any effort of deen. It's impossible to think like that. Hmm? May Allah Ta'ala accept this. May Allah Ta'ala accept this for the path. May Allah Ta'ala accept any and every one of us for any of the paths of Tazkiyah. But one way or the other, may Allah Ta'ala take this lust out of our heart, unlawful lust, unlawful anger, unlawful greed, unlawful envy, unlawful pride. This is what we want, that this should leave our chest, our breast, our heart, our mind, our life altogether. And for that you will have to make effort. May Allah Ta'ala accept this effort from us. وَآخِرُ الدَّعْوَانَ أَنَا الْحَمْدَ لِلَّهِ لِلْمِنْ Make Marakamba close your eyes, bow your head, disconnect yourself from the world. Make niyat that you're making zikr of Allah Ta'ala's name silently from your heart as if your qalb is calling Allah, Allah, Allah.
Purify our button, Ya Rabb. Purify our heart, Ya Rabbi Kareem. Purify us from every unlawful lust, from every unlawful anger, from all unlawful greed, from all unlawful envy, and all unlawful pride. Ya Rabbi Kareem, we too want to be pure and chaste. We too want to be brave and courageous. We too want to have deep desire for akhirat and amal. We too want to be accommodating and tolerant with others. We too want to have the sunnah humility. Ya Rabbi can grant us all these akhlaq Grant us all these noble praiseworthy attributes. Allah, make us strong and steadfast. Give us tufiq, Ya Rabb, on your own. Give us tufiq to make the amount of zikr required for tazkiyah. Give us tufiq and guide us to the method of zikr that is best for our tazkiyah. Help us, Ya Rabb. Guide us, Ya Rabb. Never let us go astray again. Let us never fall back from this effort again. Rabbana takambal minna innaka anta samiul adim. وتوب علينا إنك أنت التواب الرحيم وصلى الله تعالى على حبيبه سيدنا محمد وعلى آله وصحبه أجمعين برحمتك يا رحم الراحمين آمين. This is a night of worship. You try to make ibadah. If you need to rest, you can rest first and make ibadah second. You need to rest. You can do a bit of ibadah now and then go to rest. You don't need to rest, you can make a bada all the way till Fajr and